It's listeners who support BirdNote. To learn more, visit birdnote.org. Listening to the New Capital Show with guest host Otis McClay. This is KPFT 90.1. Stay tuned. What do I owe the honor to? I, I've never been introduced, you know, by anybody before. Is this just you showing off that you have a voice and you're not just a silent? I always do it every time. Really? You haven't been. Li- you haven't been. Paying no, attention. I haven't been listening. By the time it's three, you know, I'm ready for bed since I stayed up all night. Oh, a party animal. Ah, right. Well, partying with a computer. Um, and and as Doyle said, uh, I am not Leo Gold. Uh, Leo, at the moment, can I say where he is? We're, we're allowed to say where he is. I I don't know where he is. Okay. I mean, he deserves it. He's on he's on the Colorado River in a raft. Ooh, that that's sounds... where he is with his kids. Yeah, his kids are great, by the way. Yeah, and I think it'll be fine. You know, um, <clears throat> so Leo asked me to kind of sit in here, and uh, that's what I'm doing. And uh, we we had a talk. I I wanted to do uh, a show on incompetence. You know, I uh, I think that uh, incompetence is incredibly um, universal. It's all over the place. I mean, feel free to, you know, as you know, speak up. Um, okay. And, you know, we were talking about it, and particularly uh, I was thinking about incompetence in reference to the recent financial excitement mm. uh, that we've experienced for the past uh, four years. Um, and, you know, uh, Leo, we, we talked about this and did not actually agree. So his, his position uh, was that the... Probably the biggest problem is the um, the the disparity in pay, uh, and now I'm trying to think of the word that we were using uh, to describe that. But the fact that when you the the way the pay scales work in these uh, financial companies, you make a lot of money if you make money for the company, and then if you lose money for the company or the things that you did turn out to be um, disasters, you make a lot of money. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So it's heads you win, as and quoting Leo, heads you win, tail, heads I win, tails you lose. So, but you see, I think that 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 is an evidence of incompetence, because the purpose of a corporation, as far as I know, is to extend the life of an entity beyond the lives of any any of the people who are working there. In other words, a corporation right. lasts yeah. forever. So. And then you have a fiduciary responsibility if you're in charge, you know, or on the board or whatever, to that corporation to make sure that it survives and prospers. That's the whole idea. And in a sense, that's the whole idea of capitalism. No matter how you feel about capitalism, that's the way it is. So if it's a person, it's more like a god person, <clears throat> never dies. Yeah, well, that's it. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole idea. And. You know, I should point out that uh, corporations were first... We didn't really have any corporations um, until in in this country that lasted the way they do until the 1850s, I think, was when they first started to show up. And there was a lot of resistance. When they would charter a corporation, they would charter it for five years. Mm. There was a lot of fear that corporations might turn out to be a problem. And, of course, what we found out is that those, you know, fears were completely wrong and everything is just fine. Well, it's just fine because we have the government that they hate to give them lots of money when they screw up. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, I was thinking of the LIBOR thing, where here we have a situation where, uh, you know, LIBOR, which is what the London interest, the London interest bank offering rate. Right. In other words, it is the rate that is determined... Um, in London, um, which basically is the reference that's used by anybody who talks about interest anywhere. Of course. You know, mortgages, loans, anything, all goes back to that LIBOR rate. 
Um, and for those of you who may not be familiar, the, what happened was that banks, uh, Barclays is the one that got caught so far, but it's probably all of them. Um, banks would underreport the interest. They would say they were willing to pay less for money because if, see, if you're in bad shape, you're going to pay more, mm. right? The worse shape you're in, the more desperate you are for money in order to keep going, you'll pay more for that money. Got it. So you would report a higher interest rate if you were being honest. But what they were all doing was being in bad shape but reporting lower interest rates than what was really uh what was what what they would really be be willing to pay and the reason they did that was to look better. So they would look like they were in better shape when actually nobody was. Mm-hmm. Now first of all the oh the way the LIBOR is done every day a bank reports what it's willing to pay and then the london exchange i'm not sure exactly what entity it is who did it i'm sure <clears throat> one of our listeners can 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 tell us um would crunch those numbers and come up with a number so that number the the libor number changes every day or could change every day but it's re- recalculated every day um now, the effect of this, Baltimore, the city of Baltimore is already suing uh, Barclays or some entity. I am not absolutely certain. I guess I could look it up on the laptop and say who it is, you know, who's Baltimore suing. But they're essentially suing because this manipulation of the LIBOR rate costs them a huge amount of money in the bonds they're issuing in the, you know, pension funds that they're administrating and so forth. Now, since the LIBOR rate covers everybody, Everything you can imagine that we're probably going to get, you know, like three or four, five lawsuits, <laughs> maybe six thousand. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And everybody's contemplating what to do. There was a really interesting. <clears throat> there was an interesting article in the New Yorker by uh, Paul Sorovitsky, who writes the 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 regular page in the New Yorker about uh, about financial stuff. And what he pointed out in there is, yes, fraud is rife in the financial system. Fraud is all over the place, but we couldn't exist without it. I mean, it's so bad that we have to have fraud for this system to operate. That was his point. So, you know, I mean, it raises all kinds of questions. But just about Barclays Bank. If you're in charge of Barclays Bank and you know that these guys are underreporting the the rate to the london exchange um you might if you do anything about financial stuff and presumably that's the case because you're you know working um, for a large bank um you might say gee if this gets out we might get sued and it would cost us and our stockholders would be unhappy that's what a you know in my opinion that's what a competent person would do um but now, since he said, hey, rock and roll, um, they'll get sued. So, in a sense, you, 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 have that, the, you also have the board of the bank, which did apparently nothing. So, they're all sitting there and saying, hey, rock and roll. But then we have the crash. And in this last crash, of course, you and I, the taxpayers, managed to scrape up the money to pay for AIG and, and uh, the, um, the other companies. And we don't even know where the money went. We weren't allowed to find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, the, the Fed would not tell us where they were actually spending the money right. um, to recover the system that crashed. <sighs> anyway, you just our number, it. let me just say right now, our number is 713 713- Five two six five seven three eight, and I really want a conversation about this. And what I'm really looking at is, is yes, it's fraud, but is incompetence involved, or is it just sim- simply that we have a, a pay scale, a pay system that is, uh, uh, what is the word for out of balance? <laughs> Um, that begins with an A. Anyway, I'm ha- having a senior moment here. I can't really remember all the Otis, what do you I think about the uh, baby? What do you think about the bill to f- audit the Fed? Just kind of <sighs> connected with what you just said that the Fed wouldn't release the information as to how it spent the money. Well, you know, I, I think they should be forthcoming. I-, I don't think there should be any particular secrets. They're afraid, of course, that you know people will find out. 
that there's something wrong with the financial system and then they'll lose confidence in it. Hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, some major disclosure would probably be useful. You know, uh, some major disclosure might be helpful. Um, and is that an argument I mean, we against all this the stuff. audit? Or I, no, I, honestly, I don't know the bill because I mean it could be a very destructive bill. I don't know who brought who brought it. Don't tell me Chris Dodd because he's gone now. He's just trying to kill the internet. No, half the Democrats voted for it. Almost all but one Republican voted for it. It was written by Ron Paul to audit the Federal Reserve. If it's if it's written by Ron Paul, it's probably okay if it hasn't been screwed up. Because I think in, in that area, in many areas like that, Ron Paul is trustworthy. Um, you know that there's a bill that uh, was between, um, was it Sheldon Whitehouse? Uh, no, wait a minute, I can't remember. And, no, it was uh, Al Franken and, uh, and um, what's his, Ron Paul's son, uh, Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Yeah. Have a joint bill, and I can't remember what it's for, but it's very, <laughs> it has to do with the Pentagon. It has to do with... You know, it's like, this is really interesting. We're seeing extreme right and extreme left coming together on this issue. Well, which yeah. implies to us that what we call the right and the left may not really be the thing. And one of the things that I want to start seeing here is, uh, uh, you know, uh, responsible right-wing discussion. And by right-wing, I'm talking mainly about libertarians. Well, because they're main... the only new thing in the right-wing. Sure. Well, I, th I actually think that the middle section that you left out is a, is basically an illusion that we've been taught in uh, our media, pretty much. You well, know, to have to be <clears throat> moderate, to where both sides have to compromise. Uh, some things should be socialized, and some things should be limited. I mean, we've got to have public schools. We've got to have, you know, well, good see, roads. Those are, those and, are questions. Yeah, but <laughs> those I mean, are questions that people are raising. Why do we need schools? I don't have any children. Why should I pay for them? See, and I don't agree with that. Of course not. But at the same time, I think it's a good idea to audit the Fed and to end these wars in, in the Middle East that are costing us trillions of dollars and thousands of lives well one of the things is that you know ron paul doesn't want the fed oh, so yeah. so i mean that is one of the one of the libertarian principles that you don't have any kind of central money thing and you go to the gold standard um there are reasons not to do that uh, i want to get we're talking but Teresa, how are you oh hi how are you good fine um you're talking about incompetence and i this might be taking you a little bit away from what you were talking about, about the banks, but I want to talk about the the issue of critical thinking that was in the Texas uh, State Party Platform in Education where it says, we oppose uh, teaching of higher-order thinking skills, values clarification is in parentheses, critical thinking skills and similar programs that are simply a relabeling of outcome-based education, mastery learner, which focuses on behavior modification to have the purposes, purpose of challenging the student's fixed beliefs and undermining parental authority. And I think if you don't develop critical thinking, you're always going to be incompetent. Well, I, I could tell you, I was in advertising back in, in the 60s when advertising was the hot thing. You know, it was it. You know, it was really hot, and I was a hot property because I was pretty good at at lying. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. I left for the specific reason that it destroyed critical thinking. That is the purpose of advertising. And I couldn't agree more with you. Well, you didn't really say it. You you raised it, but I'm I'm assuming well, that you're in that's favor. That's in the 2012. Right, but I'm saying I'm, I assume you're in favor of critical thinking. I'm definitely. In fact, I. Um, there was a very good article that says critical thinking consists of seeing both sides of an issue, being open to new evidence that disconfirms your ideas, reasoning dispassionately, demanding that claims be backed by evidence, deducing and inferring conclusions from available beliefs, solving problems, etc. Don't you understand, Teresa, that <laughs> that would destroy our entire political system? Well, public schools are not made to teach critical thinking. The whole they should the, be, but they they're not. should, but the whole testing system that they have is actually designed to teach people there's one outcome, there's one right answer, mm -hmm. do Lock what you're step. told. Lockstep. Yes, exactly. Well, uh, you know, I, I live across... Now, the Spring Branch schools, and I live in Spring Branch, I live across from uh, Spring High, Spring uh, Spring Branch High, the big the big one, mm -hmm. and if you look at it, if we walk through it, it's a prison. 
You know, there are basically no windows. It's all concrete. It's very hard and cold. And, you know, there are schools where the kids wake up in the morning and can't wait to get to school. There are schools like that. They exist. But we've designed the public school system. My theory was always that the public school system was designed to keep you bored so that you could work at a factory. That that was, you know. And there's a fear among people who like to control the truth that if people were able to think, they might be dangerous. And dangerous means not vote for me. Hmm. Well, I think we're just so... um susceptible to making decisions based upon emotion and fear and and people think when they hear critical thinking they think well that means you're critical of everything you're just one of those damn liberals that like you know you want your children reading porn on yeah. seeing porn on the computer <laughs> exactly they don't even understand the whole concept of of critical thinking but think about think about you know your experience as a child in school uh, or or you know what you may have noticed. Um, one of the things that that happens in school to to us kids when we're in school is that if you know stuff, if you are doing the work, you know, and you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're always going to get a lot of flack from a group of kids who think that means you're the teacher's pet, you know, you're sucking up to the teacher and so forth. There's a real resistance to doing what the school wants you to do. I mean, now, I'm not defending what the school wants you to do because I think, you know, I mean, I totally agree. Well, some the, the, people, when some people haven't done their homework, um, they don't want to be questioned. Yeah, well. Um, I mean, I, I've recently uh, talked to some people and there was a vote. And uh, I, they were asked why they voted that way, and they were put very much on the defensive. And they ended up saying, well, I think it's a cultural thing. Um, but I don't think that's a cultural thing. I think it's a sign of, like, you haven't thought through why you voted that way. In fact, you may have voted that way because you are just following someone else who maybe has an agenda or has done their homework, and you're just looking at how they vote and you follow. You can't defend your vote. And I think a lot of people uh, in Congress and the Senate are doing that. They can't defend their vote. They don't have the logic uh, to explain it. So they're just doing what the party says. This, this will get you reelected as long as you follow this and turn off any, you know, any willingness on your part to question what what's ha- actually happening there yeah and you know otis you mentioned the schools these prison schools are costing a fortune and and we're paying a lot of money for it but at the same time we're firing teachers and claiming that we don't have enough money to give them raises you know and it's like well, all these schools it's worse because the teachers who were there are so constrained by the requirements of the tests and so forth that they can't even function um I was listening to NPR the other day, and um, it was the, the, the TED show that KUHF is carrying now. Um, you know, TED, is, what is it, Technology, Education, and Development? Right, from and the website. People make people get to make two-minute speeches or whatever it is, seven-minute speeches. I can't remember. And usually it's, you know, they look for people who are kind of th- uh, ahead of the curve thinking. Uh, and what, what this one guy pointed out is that... He gave an example of some school where some six-year-old kid did something and, you know, it escalated to the point where the police actually came in and arrested the six-year-old kid. And his point was that you cannot act according to your best judgment because there are all of these laws and all of these, these pitfalls around you, so you cannot act like a human. You can't deal with a human thing. You cannot pat a kid on the back. You cannot hug a kid who's crying. You can't do any of that. And these were all the great tools the teachers had to work with children. Mm -hmm. They know how to work with children. Not all teachers who touch children are pedophiles. You know, (laughs) only some. You know, uh, um, I mean, giving a kid a hug is a good thing. You know, well, yeah, they need a hug because we are primates, and primates communicate physically through hugging. You can't hug a dog; they don't know hugging. But humans, hug. some of them do. No, they don't. Dogs don't hug. They don't. They don't have hugging. You can teach them, I guess. That, I guess that's something good. But I'm saying primates. You watch primates. They're always they're grooming each other, hugging. They're always in contact. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's where we come from. 
So that's very, very meaningful to us, and it's a very powerful tool that teachers have to work with kids. Right. Um, but we take that away. We're taking that away. Um, Teresa, I don't know what to say about that it's well maybe i'll get off the phone maybe some let's see what somebody says other ideas but, but i how to solve these it's like and maybe you'll get back to the, the for bank me, issue but for I, me it's not even an issue and i think they're doing it because they don't want critical thinking because you're easier to control if they can just make you afraid i mean i really think that's what it is well i'll let you go thanks for the show thanks Teresa. ah uh, stacy another blast from the past yeah what's going on hey I don't know. You called me. I'm doing a radio show now. I'm a professional. I'm not just your friend. <laughs> I'm going back to uh, your original topic and saying, I mean, there may be some incompetence on some levels, but only only on the level where it's, it's, it's I mean, there's some really, really, really competent stealing going on. Some competent I mean, what? Competent what? Competent stealing. Stealing, yes. I mean, a competent stealing very, would mean... Very, very competent at what they're doing. I mean, they stole... You know, I mean, they stole money from the American people. They got us to remember back in the when they used to have the um, uh, the the cartoons that the Schoolhouse Rock. Right. There was a big thing about how when we came over the pond and you know settled settled the United States that we protested against the English because it was taxation without representation. Uh, okay. And now, and now they've been able to take all of our tax money and do secret things with it, which is taxation without representation. That's what we fought to be about. Well, I mean, you could say, uh, how many of us, I wonder how many people listening to Pacifica actually think war is a poor way to solve problems. Still. So we would say, gee, maybe we should back off on the war stuff. Speaking uh, of. We don't have a single representative who will do that. The, 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 it was yesterday in Ohio, I think it was the first time that a, a campaigning president actually brought up the issue of maybe the Pentagon's getting too much money. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was willing to ever go there before. You know, because somehow it must be that spending a lot of money on military is is the thing we have to do. And, of course, it, it represents a gigantic portion of our budget. If we took that money and put it into schools, hell, that, that would do it. And, and, you know, we might have something uh, to import other than guns. But, uh, but definitely there's, there's some high-level competency going on. There's some high-level yeah. competent thieving going on. Well, I think you... So whoever's in charge knows exactly what they're doing because they're getting everything right. they want. You know, you know, y'all are talking about exports, imports, uh, people, you know, very successfully ripping people off. How about those suicides in China for the Apple factory? I see you got a... I've, uh, I'm a... Um, an iBook. I've got an iBook too. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of scary the trade policies that we have and how well, things are going for I, the Chinese was, over there. I was wondering what happened last uh, last night. What would happen if we just got out of NAFTA? But aside from that, um, the 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 competent thing. I agree with Stacy, and I actually was going to include that. I agree with you because the the people who are in prison generally are the incompetent crooks. Uh, if they're not there, you know, for something really stupid like, you know, somebody planted some dope on them or something. But, um, you know what I'm saying. I'm well, saying that, say, and what Ken you're Lay, saying is absolutely say right. Ken, I agree. Ken Lay, for example. Let's say Ken Lay knew nothing about what was going on. Well, Jeffrey Skilling was really, really, really smart to work for somebody like Ken Lay that didn't know what was going on, even though he probably did. I mean, you got to be did. confident to put somebody in confidence in place or work for yeah. somebody so incompetent that you can steal from them. I mean... The, 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 no, the, the head of the company, the CEO, right? Uh, Jamie mm -hmm. Diamond. And he's got all these people working, right? You know, and they're all doing risk stuff, you know. And the, Jamie Diamond sits there and looks at the numbers one day and suddenly sees that there's this gigantic increase in their income. Yeah. You might want to say, hey, that's interesting. Can you tell me a little more about that? <laughs> <laughs> You know, but no, no, oh, gee, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember any of that. I don't know anything. And, and I don't know. I don't now, know. I'd rather just, you know, instead of, you know, when a big, a whole lot of money comes to me, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a trip. I'm not going to ask questions. <laughs> right. Cash that check. Right. This right. check isn't addressed to me. I don't care. Let's cash it. Let's go on vacation. Can Bye. I, can I ask you how the restaurant's doing? The restaurant's doing great. 
All right. And All right. I, 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 I'll let you say where it is. I think I can do that because I'm not receiving any remuneration from Stacy for allowing her to give okay. the address of her vegan Mexican restaurant. Well, that's not why I called. But no, I know that. I know that. But I mean, thirty-nine oh three Fulton. Okay, vegan. This is a strictly vegan restaurant. Uh, I don't know if there's another vegan Mexican restaurant in the universe. All right. Thanks, Stacy. Later. Bye bye. Joe. Hey, Otis, it's another blast from the past. Blast from the past. Obviously, nobody knew cares. Uh, uh, let me just give the number quick. 713-526-5738. We're talking about incompetence, sort of. That, at least that's kind of what I'm talking about. But critical thinking is actually a good one, too. Why is critical thinking so dangerous? Go ahead, Joe. Well, and uh, by the way, there there is at least one other <laughs> vegan Mexican restaurant in the universe. I, I found it in Puerto Vallarta. Oh, in Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, there's one in San Francisco, too. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I want to piggyback on what Stacy was saying. Uh, I, I think that there are a lot of very competent thieves who are sadly working for the very uh, institutions that we're supposed to be able to trust with our money. And where the incompetence lies is in the regulatory function. And anybody who winds up uh, anybody who is competent who winds up in a uh, regulatory role winds up being marginalized, um, uh, you, you know, or disposed of in some manner, and um, and certainly doesn't isn't allowed to do the very job they were supposedly hired to do. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I mean, I could see the conversation, you know, when there, there's somebody who's not working out real well for the big financial company, you know, he's like not not doing what Citicorp wants, and they say, well, let's see, if we get rid of him, we can pressure the SEC to hire him. Right. Well, <laughs> you know? it's not pressure. What they do is they they uh, they you know they engineer to where their guy at the SEC recruits him through a recruiter. And, uh, yeah. and amazingly, working for the re regulatory people, he winds up getting an increase in salary. And they let him know that it kind of happened through them because yeah. they, they like him, but he wasn't going to be able to stay working for them. And so who's he going to take care of? And so there's there's this revolving door between the, the institutions that are supposed to regulate and the institutions that are being regulated. And the the well, this is always, yeah. ones wind up in the regulatory function, and the competent wind, ones wind up Stealing. continuing with the theft. Yeah, no, no, I think that I think that's that's a pretty good picture. It's, it's the same, by the way, with the FDA. You know, yeah. we've got this Dr. Graham who happened right. to work for the FDA, <laughs> who's saying well, there's all these drugs that need to be pulled from the market, and the FDA is no. shutting him down and telling him he cannot. Uh, As I recall, testify before Congress. It, it was even more elegant than just drugs. It was a very specific issue that there are uh, machines which will do colonoscopies, and there's one company that makes a machine that gives you 300 times more radiation exposure <laughs> than the other ones. You know, it's like built by incompetence. But what they were competent at was going to the the FDA and getting Graham fired. Right. You know, I mean, and you think about it, 300 times more? That's yeah. like, what? It's just, you know, and, and these are all protected. I mean, the pay disparity, the 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 the, the, the um, this crazy pay system that we have urges people. Who, I mean, people who go into finance, right, are interested in money. That's what they want. Their life's about money and they're into making money. That's okay. I don't mind that. Yeah, that's their choice. So, but they will do anything to make money as long as they're not, you know, slapped on the wrist. And they're not slapped on the wrist. Uh, well, sometimes, you know, I mean, a company with trillions of dollars in assets has to pay a $2 million fine. Yeah. <laughs> what is that, a tip? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, okay, here. Really, the, know, the only goal is to stay within the law, the legal system. They don't. They don't. And, and, they, and, they, and they even weigh, like, what is the cost benefit of this, you know, of yes, breaking a law. Under the, under the current system. Right. But if you track it up and you find the guy who didn't stop it and he goes to jail, not just the underling, but the guy who yeah. actually allowed this to happen, if that guy goes to jail, 
and I'm not, I don't even believe in punishment. Okay. I, I didn't punish my kids. That's not how I raised them. But in this particular case, when, when you start seeing it, the example, which is the only value that, you know, Jamie Diamond went to jail. Suddenly, there will be some deep thinking going on in the boardrooms. And it won't be, let's get honest, it'll be, how can we get around this? Oh, yeah. But you're not going to find people as likely to do stuff if they know that they're going to get slammed. No, and at Jamie Diamond, we have no proof that he did anything illegal, okay? So, I'm not, I'm not libeling Jamie Diamond. I'm just using him as an avatar of that business. Joe, what else? Well, well, that was pretty much it. I was thank okay. you for your call. Great hearing you. Thank you. Give us a call at 713-526-5738. That's 713-526-5738. You're listening to KPFD yeah, other- 90.1. Yeah, otherwise you got to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know. Otis and Doyle show. Otis and, the Otis and Doyle show. Uh, yeah, Leo is uh, on vacation, and uh, I'm sitting in for him. I'm Otis McClay, um, and um, I love talking to people on the phone. But that's not the point. The the competence, you know, you'd have to raise, no, you'd have to raise the issue of competence even in respect of, of what Stacy was saying because it is, it's that the competence of people who are good at what they do and if it's illegal and they're competent, nothing will happen. But that doesn't, you know, there's another question. If you're a board member or you work for a company there is an assumption that you have some responsibility towards that company not to destroy it. Does that make sense? So you're saying that the... This is called fiduciary responsibility. Right. As a board member, your job in a, in, in a company is to see that it, that it survives and, and prospers. To me, it's sad that they rip other people off, and then the only way to prosecute them is to prove that they were ripping themselves off. I don't. I don't quite understand what you're saying. Well, I mean, the real victims here are is not the company that they work for. It's not the corporation. The corporation's not the victim. The victim are the consumers and the world in in large uh, with these corporations. So, it's sad that we have to prosecute them through the this disguise of you can't ruin your own company. You know, and uh, oh, that, okay. So you're you're speaking about social benefit. You're speaking that that there should be some social benefit from what people do. Yeah, I mean, there has to be. Otherwise, corporations are just going to continue to do whatever they can to uh, skirt through the laws and um, justify net profits. And it has... Well, our system... But the trouble is, some you know, because of the stock, the way the stock thing works with stockholders and stuff, even though the stockholder, even though there are only like 10 stockholders in the country, no, you know, they're all giant pension funds and things. Uh, okay, yeah, I, that's it. That's hyperbole, hyperbole. There are more than 10. Um, even though that's the case, the companies depend on being able to show them that they're doing really well. Right. And so they focus on very short-term gain. So if you can make, you know, a spike in, you know, fire a bunch of people and make a spike in your in your profit, then you could show that in your quarterly report. And the stockholders say, "Oh, yeah, 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 that's really good. I'll <clears throat> buy your stock and drive up your the 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 value of the stock so that your holdings will be worth more." Right. Which is what we're doing. But that quarterly gain may, in fact, not benefit the company at all. In fact, it may end up showing that later it gets into serious trouble. Let me think. Can I think of any letters? AIG. <laughs> I think what we should do as progressives is uh, really change the culture about social benefits. Just people that want to progress in general. Uh, and, you know, really advertise and advocate for uh, products that are socially benefiting and boycotting the ones that aren't. Uh, and uh, my, my whole thing is Americans say they're against slavery and Americans say they're against segregation, but yet most Americans buy Chinese-made goods and that most Americans support Israel. And uh, those are two big contradictions about what we have supposedly learned about the horrors of slavery and segregation. Well, I have to say that the system that we have, um, our our system of working for a living and having to have a job to survive and so forth, is very similar to slavery. Right. If you don't have a job, you're kind of out in the cold. If you don't if buy a, Coca-Cola, a, you're not a real person. If a slave got away, 
in the South and didn't, you know, go to Canada, really, since they were slave. New York was the largest slaveholding state in the, in the Union. Um, you couldn't even go out because you'd be seen. And it's very easy to identify you because of your color. Right. And the system is still fairly much the same, that we have very big people with a lot of money that's made by people who were working for them for for a wage and if they cause problems they get put out in the cold i understand that my point is that there are still actually slaves like actual slaves well, yeah. that make nothing and yes. work work and live all in one camp i believe and that prison system would qualify for that prison system in america does but in other countries <laughs> like china for instance there's a large percentage uh and in north korea too but we don't really trade with north korea well you know there are a lot of things we don't know uh, about China, and there's there's propaganda out there, but we do know that the workers in China have made some noise in various places. You were talking about it before we went on the earth. Yeah, and Fo at Foxcom, who makes right. Apple computers, Foxcom. they were actually killing themselves to right. make a point. And I know that there was one case that was that got out. Um, there was a town where they had a factory, and the workers got together to kill the manager. Right. Because he was so um, hopeless in respect to that. But they also have, like, a workforce system there that's similar to, like, joining the army, where you don't make very much money at all, and but your room and board is paid, and yeah. you work for these, like, government-subsidized uh, factories, you know? Mm -hmm. um, well, we had that in... That was the way it was set up, for instance, in the in the garment trade in Massachusetts. Lowell is famous. Lowell, Massachusetts is famous for the whole thing where all the women lived there and yeah. were under the control of the factory. And then we had company towns. Coal towns are famous where they'd pay you in script, right. which was only good at the company store. See, I don't have a problem which with is that. Pretty, theory. pretty much like slavery. Because what they could do is <clears> just, <throat> you know, take all of these tro troops out of these wars and actually make things. You know, like, okay, well, you're still going to get paid just like you're a soldier and everything, but instead of killing people, you're going to be making w wind turbines or you're going to be doing this or that, you know, it's something that's socially benefiting. And, I mean, if we want to start with, like, benefiting our so our society, we should start with what we put our tax money into. Um, okay. I want to go to a place before that because I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I basically agree with you. Um <clears throat> One of the things that's happening because of this bottom line quarterly report is that companies that are making things aren't actually making those things anymore. They're actually making money. Hmm. Uh, the last time I sat, <clears throat> sat here with Leo, we were talking about um, poorly made stuff. He had had a presentation. He was presenting to a, a potential client, and his uh, computer died right. right there. Bam. And so that was an inspiration to talk about that. So we have companies, but they're more concerned about their bottom line than they are about the quality of their product. And I'm sure that there are people who have stories about that. Um, I've experienced it. And there are some companies that try to maintain standards, and it's interesting. You know, uh, I can remember Costco, okay? Costco is a whole, you know, it's like Sam's Club, but it's not Sam's Club. And... <laughs> Costco was on, went on the on the stock exchange or something, and they said you got to cut costs to make your stock go up. And what the head of Costco said was, you can always buy somebody else's stock because we're not going to do that to our people. He was more concerned about the integrity of the company than he was concerned about what some totally disconnected person would say just about a number on the ticker. I've heard from people and that's that Costco really is not a bad place to work at, actually. No, they, they yeah. well, that was it. They have benefits for their workers. They mm -hmm. treat them well. There are enough workers when you go to a Costco to actually be able to talk to you. You know, they're not a lot, but they're there. I heard Hillary Clinton uh, talking about that our next economy is going to be sales-based, uh, retail-based. And that's what mm -hmm. basically we do. If you go to the mall, nothing is made in America anymore. Well, Nothing. Almost yeah. everything is made. I, mean, I went into a place that sells like uh, nice picture frames and silver and stuff like that. Everything was made in China, and it's yeah. expensive too. And I'm like thinking, well, what is what is the deal here? We don't make anything anymore. All we do is sell things. Dave. Yeah. Hey. 
Am I on? Yes, sir. Great. Everything you say will be heard by millions of people. Uh, yeah, great. I was just, uh, I work for a contract manufacturing company that is similar to Foxconn. Okay. So I, uh, I have some insight on that, unless your guest has actually been to Foxconn. No, he's not my so, guest. He's, he, I'm just the in, incompetent engineer. He's just uh, the reading, incompetent engineer. Reading, reading news stories on and, the and, internet. And, uh, I, I let him. I, I will tell you that there were two fundamental reasons why the people over there were killing themselves. One is that, um, if your employer tells you that they're going to blacklist you and you can't, you're never going to work again, it pretty much is close to the end of your life. You're going to go back to being a peasant. But wow. that's not the main reason. The main reason people were killing themselves was because there was a, um, life insurance death benefit as a part of their uh, employment uh, contract. Mm -hmm. And after Foxconn removed that benefit, uh, people quit killing themselves pretty much. I don't want to say anything, you know, complimentary about Foxconn for sure, but uh, I, I do think there should be fairness in the reporting. So please go check that out. Wow, that's an interesting point. Very okay. interesting. And the other thing uh, is uh, whoever it is that's contending... Uh, talking about value-based and value to society uh, has really hit the nail on the head. Uh, the service economy, the only value they add is to things that you cannot do for yourself. The financial sector, uh, it's based on usury. There's not a lot of value added to the stream. But when you take raw materials and you put them together and make them something with utility, you have created value. Yeah. And our manufacturing system is not in this country. So we don't create value. We're just borrowing against um, value that we think that we have. Right. And and there's some <clears throat> some urging from some people. Um, the president has, has made some efforts uh, to kind of restore a sense of maybe maybe we should be building things here. Um, there are a lot of possibilities. There's some companies that are actually doing stuff. But it well, certainly is in the minority in general. You yeah. Know, well, in well, let me put here. you two pieces Free of information trade. on that. One, if, if they would change the rules so that um, it, was, it was not advantageous to use the uh, low labor rates of the you know, third world countries. Well, that's called leaving NAFTA. If they were to, if they were to change the rules so that American companies uh, had to make a different decision, it would still be a level playing field. And people would make the decisions, and jobs would come back to America. It's well, not complicated. Yeah. Didn't we always used to tax, like tariff Chinese-made goods? Well, that was see NAFTA eliminated all that. Right. That's so the whole thing. I mean, that's the thing is that's NAFTA, the starting NAFTA point. NAFTA was the beginning. Now. You know, but, I mean, that's just the start. And you can you can argue it. People try to ignore it all the time, but that was the the starting point of all this. Well, that would yeah. Go ahead. That, that was the breakdown. Okay. And the other point um, is that you know we we make the rules. And as long as it's a level playing field, then, then it'll work. And the other one is we do our import and export rules one country at a time. If they pass rules about what we're going to do with or without China, the jobs will move to Vietnam or or uh, Batam across the bay right. from Singapore or well, any, any number of other places, but not back to the United States. Uh, we've got to find a different way to, uh, to create the rules, otherwise people will mistake um, finding new ways to circumvent rules as a way to be clever and productive. Yeah, so, I, anyway. I. Hey, Dave, thanks, Dave. Dave. What I got a question for you. What do you think about um, having a, a workforce that is basically you? You join kind of like the army. You get paid low wage, but you also get certain credits for school when you get out. But you're building things in 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 America to where we can compete against uh, other countries. Well. Um, I don't think that it would be economically advantageous over the the free enterprise system. If there's the, the only thing that the free enterprise system really does really well is is to manufacture things and to compete for profitability. Well, let me ask uh, there you. There are some things that now, we got job cores, and and there were things like that. Um, you know, uh, you know, the, the Works Progress Administration. There there is coming a time in America where we're going to have to have something like that, just so people can afford to buy you know bread and hamburger. But I hope that we're not there yet. I, I have to raise an issue uh, in, in respect of that, though. I, I worked for a, a company for like 20 years, which is really amazing for me that anyone would have me around for 20 years. Um, I was, you know, the IT department. And this was a company that did about $5 million a year. 
and they sold tabletop and stovetop uh, stuff, pots and pans, salt shakers, you know, menu stands and menu holders and things like that. Um, and the the guy who who was the manager, the guy who ran it, uh, was a Republican, um, had a pretty narrow idea of of economics. But to him, one of the things, the most important things this company did was feed and care for 15 people. 15 people worked for the company at the time. And these people were, you know, getting getting paychecks for doing work. And he considered that as important as the amount of profit that the company made. That's a Republican. Yeah. You think and, about and, that. And, and so this, and we've lost that ethic. Absolutely. The reason we lost that ethic is because the rules of the game changed and profit is Profit is the only important yeah, thing. That quarterly Profit report. On. Yeah, and that that's the question. And the question is, is that, I, I don't, let me, if I can put it all together, is that competent or is that survivable? Is that something that can, can last? If the middle class has no money, then what do you buy? How can you buy anything? And of course, right now, you can, global corporations can sell anywhere in the world, so they don't care about America. But, but they'll do that everywhere and eventually destroy themselves. You know, that's... Basically, well, Dave, I got to go on. It's one quarter at a time. That's yeah. the root cause. All right. Thanks, Dave. Right. Later, Philip. Yeah, this is the last caller. Uh, your question about the uh, uh, upscaling of uh, outstripping of American resources and uh, where does the middle class go after uh, the, the corporations after they lose their back. jobs? Yeah. Yeah, um, they're just they're going to go to uh, the BRIC countries: Brazil, Russia, India, and China. Who is? So you mean the, 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 wait, the people are going to move there? Gonna, what you, I, I don't understand. Yeah. You say the people are going to move there, or the companies are no, going to go? The companies—they're they're global. Shell, where's Shell at? Shell's everywhere. Yeah, well, they've already done that. Like, like you know, Mexico was the big thing for a while. Now a lot of those jobs have like moved to Indonesia. You know, they keep moving them around. Yeah. But I, I My yeah. My question is: when is when is the American people going to realize that the corporations don't value humans and we have to stand up and say we value humans and we have to stand up for ourselves? Because well, they're, I, going to walk, they're going to continue to walk all over us. Yeah, I actually think it's beyond that because I think ultimately it, it's self-destructive. Ultimately, the corporations would destroy themselves doing this because what they really need is stability. Well, and this is totally unstable. And us. I mean, they're going to destroy a lot of humans before they get there. And, I mean, then, and also, starving people in the world. Look at healthcare. I mean, there's yeah. fifty-five thousand people that die every year because of lack of healthcare. Not because we don't have the healthcare to give them. It's because we 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 withhold it because of the profit margin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, look at this. Look at this uh, government. Uh, we just our, our government and our corporations are locked up together. They knocked down at just a week after the uh, Denver shooting or a Denver uh, shooting. The um, they struck down or pulled out and, and, and sabotaged the, the arms talks, international arms talks, saying putting regulations on it, and they, the Americans just you know scuttlebutted it and, and left it. Well, and now you know all the arms can you know freely be continue to be exchanged all over the world, and we're not going to we're not going to stop that. Well, we're the, the world's American largest purveyor of all the weapons. Well, that's one of the things we still make here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and we're the largest arms like, sales. Egypt. Arm sellers in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're not giving that we're, up. We're not giving up. That's I mean, profit. War, business. war works. Yeah. Well, we we have to realize that there's something more sacred than profit, and that's human beings and how we treat each other. And yeah. until we wake up and stand up for it and willing to lay our lives down for it and and protest and. But I think it even goes beyond how we treat people because ultimately, treating people well is the most profitable thing you can do. Ultimately. So that it's just, it's not just like, oh, well, be nice. It's, it's more than that. It's actually, your bottom line is going to depend on this someday. Maybe. Someday. I don't know. Unless you can keep it as a... How long, how long, that's been, it's a long time coming, though. Look at the, how long have corporations been along and how long have they been practicing? Yeah. The way they've been doing business. I got to go so on. They haven't, right. Thanks, Philip. Thank welcome. Randall. Hi. Good hey. to hear you again on the radio. Thank you. Nice to hear you. Oh, yes, and you sound just the same, actually. Uh, I do. I can't detect it. Anyhow, um, <clears throat> yes, uh, I would say that um, one of the first problems we started having, because you know, the, the heyday of the middle class in the United States is measured from 1945 to 1980. And then 
inflation going down and well it was reagan reagan you know reagan government is bad you know. through by other presidents and some of them democrats unfortunately yeah you know, going to the same schools have the same point of view about capitalism right at all can unfortunately infect a new democrat <clears throat> the new democrats yeah but uh but initially it started in the in the 1970s when the wages became frozen that is, that is, they wouldn't adjust for inflation, the actual inflation. And, and, um, let's see, uh, let's see, who is it? Uh, Michael Wolf, I think, the economist, I've got his name correctly, um, was talking about that, that. That was the first thing when companies found out that, well, you know, they, they just didn't have to, have to pay people anymore. Then, then they were. They could stay, stay the same. And then later, uh, they found they could be, become banks and loan a balanced amount that people should have been paid with interest. And that was one of the, one of the problems that we had developed. Another is, of course, sending jobs overseas to to short circuit to pay versus um, employment, which also aided in uh, in hurting our country. And interestingly, Alexander Hamilton wrote about that how, about how important it was <clears throat> that you keep businesses in in their country and that you pay them well and that you make sure that you stop other countries from low bidding you. Low yeah, and, and of course, Al Alexander Ham Hamilton today would be called a conservative. He might even be, be called a libertarian or even yeah. a liberal, depending on who you're talking to. And unfortunately, it's a, it's a tangled mess, and a lot of it was done purposefully. That is, they wanted to get rid of the middle class. So right. The middle class is in a way, even though you and I know that it makes for a stronger country, but not to them. No, if you live in a gated community, your assumption is that no viruses will get there and you won't ever get sick. Right, and if you uh, have your food grown in hermetically sealed places that only you own, you have a better chance of getting the clean food as opposed to the, to the really yeah. contaminated food that everyone else gets to eat. Right. All right. I'll leave it at that. Thanks, uh, Randall. Uh, well, I'll be what else? you next week. Uh, probably not. I think Leo's back next week, but if he's oh, not, good. I'll be here. I like Leo. Thank uh, you. Have a good day. Bye. All right. And Johnny, we saved the best for last. Hey. Uh, yeah, you just said about about people in gated communities trying to protect themselves from outside world viruses, literal and. Well, I'm saying that there's a fantasy I think among people who live in gated communities. I'm talking about the very wealthy, that that uh, you know the two percent, uh, that somehow that protects them from things that. Uh... And then they do something stupid, Otis, by going through the drive-through because it's convenient and <laughs> right. expedient, and then they get sick from food poisoning because <laughs> the people that work there sometimes don't give a damn, rightfully so. <laughs> in no, one ear, out the other. People don't think. One of the things... wives pound foolish, but that's not why I called. Okay, go ahead. I called earlier, about a quarter to the hour, Dave. Now, I'm not really skilled at multitasking, so if I repeat something that you said in response to him, I apologize. But what gets to me, and I'm not saying Dave is this way, but people that call with his sentiments, a lot of times for me, they come across as too smug and really uninformed when they talk about how the free market system and capitalism uh, works best at uh, producing goods. Well, David Dave was actually pretty really specific. Because when you think about, like, people at the McDonald's or the other fast food outlet, they're always being sat upon. So whatever they produce, you're just lucky that you get by with your life sometimes if you ingest something that's produced by strangers who don't know you and really could care less. That's an interesting point. Because they're not involved in the business in the same way people who work at a retail or bakery shop who have equal footing in the profits, you know, yeah. horizontally-based the, the, businesses. One of the things that I haven't mentioned, that I haven't brought up, one of them is Mitt Romney. Uh, but, you know, well, you know, that's about as much as I want to say about that. But one of the things, one of the things that, uh, that we haven't brought up is in these companies where I'm talking about incompetent people or fraudulent people and so forth, there are always a bunch of people who really want to do it right. Right, and, and they're getting the marginalized. And the only thing that on. saves that's, that's us, a miracle too. the thing that saves us, at the, and when you walk into a McDonald's, you could tell about the management. You can tell almost from the from the get go whether this is well managed or not. You know, and I think do you you know what I'm saying. You can yeah, tell when you walk into a. You consider their restraints put upon them by yeah, the you could, not by the franchise. Well, the, the, well, McDonald's is very tightly controlled, but I'm saying even in, in other places, you could tell when you go in what the management is like. 
Yeah. Because you could tell if people are like slacking off or, you know, whatever. Denny's are real different. But you could just have a sense. I, I walk into places, I have a sense that they've lost their soul. They're, you know, they're yeah. not, not here to do what they're doing. They're here to do something else. I, but it's I'm not, not well, Denny's are like that. that. Depends on if they stay there long enough, Otis. Uh, it can. It depends on how frustrating it is. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I, and I, it, but there, the thing is, there's a whole... Anybody, but I'm going to make an analogy that may or may not be good. But I, but let's say that... Are you going to get a suit? Are you going to get a suit? The regular wage workers to pets. Pet, you know, household pets. Okay. Okay. So people say that certain breeds of dogs are dangerous. They're not safe to have around. Uh, and all this kind of stuff. When I, and as far as I'm concerned, dogs simply reflect their owners. To a great extent, but there are some... management's gen- reflected in the workers. There are some genetic characteristics, but, but you're right. You're right. The dog is going to reflect its owners. i got to well, let you right. go. Genetic characteristics, we see that in Mitt Romney, and look what happened to his dog. Well, mm-hmm. Mitt Romney, but I'm sorry. Mitt Romney, you know, maybe this is libelous. It, I, I think Mitt Romney is actually a sociopath. And and what I'm saying for that, sorry, Johnny. Yeah, thanks for the Doyle, call, Johnny. Doyle cut him off. I didn't cut you no, off. No, he actually hung up. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, he did his um, thing. When I say that, what I mean is he doesn't have an empathic connection with other humans. No, he's very... And that's why he makes all these gaffes, because he doesn't really get it. He's a a legalistic guy. No, but but it's a a genetic thing. Um, The the other thing I want to just say was I I just kind of want to mention that there are um, people... Do do we want to try to get it in? Has he got a 30-second share? Uh, Nancy on the phone. Nancy, hi. Yes. We're getting down Uh, to the end. This is it. Okay. Real quick, two things. Uh, how many listeners would like to see the KPFT bank statement posted on the website? I would like to. Can you do? Can you do that for me? And the second one is, I want to hear more of Bob and Betty. Uh, <laughs> okay. By I've been Clinton. thinking of doing that by 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 weekly. But, uh, you know, here, here, hell. here, here on both of those. Accounts. And other listeners, if you want to hear more of Bob and Betty and the bank statement on the on the website, well, call in. Yeah, all right. Yes, yes. And I think I'm not sure that we could do the bank statement, but we definitely can do the budget and stuff like that. I think there's there there may be uh, proprietary stuff in the bank statement. That's the only thing. I mean, there may be agreements or payments or something that don't that you can't publicize. That's all. Well, no, because it's an issue of of agreements that you have with people that you might not be allowed to expose okay that doesn't so, imply that so they're bad do, it's just but everything else but yeah but you certainly we do the budgets the budgets do get posted the yes i know but i cannot i need i need more you know simple you things want like more? what this for and what that for and what that much you're and a which capitalist you want more you just want more 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 detail what you're saying she's yeah. a transparentist what yes! you're saying no what you're saying makes a lot of sense and it would probably help if everybody did it hey i gotta let you go okay Thanks, Nancy. Bye-bye. Great final call. And and it's great. We had we had women calling today. A lot. Love it. Yes. It must that's be our terrific. Nice voices. And um that that's kind of important because men compete for the floor and women wait their turn. That's why women get screwed in. Okay, these are Otis's words. Yeah. I, I usually push them to the floor. Well, actually it's Dol- Dolores Tannen. Ah. All right. Uh sitting in for Leo. Otis McClay. See you soon. Yep. KPFT local news coming up. In 2005, Academy Award-winning director Jonathan Demme set out to document the rebuilding of New Orleans' Lower Ninth Ward. When he met Carolyn Parker, what began as a historical documentary morphed into a vibrant character study of the courage and resiliency of this fearless matriarch and civil rights activist. I'm Carolyn Parker, the good, the mad, and the beautiful, as Demi's intimate account of Parker's five-year crusade to rebuild her house, her church, her community, and her life. See the film at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston Brown Auditorium Theater, presented by producer Daniel Wolf on Sunday, August 19th at 7.15 p.m. For information and tickets, go to www.mfah.org forward slash films or call 713-639-7515. KPFT has a fun drive coming up and we need your help to make it a success. Our phone volunteer trainings are coming up and we could really use your help. You'll meet KPFT listeners just like you and help this community radio station. Your efforts make a difference. 
and can make this a fun, fast, and successful drive. We hold phone volunteer training regularly to accommodate all kinds of schedules. Visit kpft.org for a complete list of training dates. If you are a seasoned phone volunteer, call 713-526-4000 to sign up for a volunteer shift. You're tuned into Pacifica Radio, kpft.org, twitter.com backslash kpft, facebook.com backslash kpft Houston. <laughs> 